Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Write that first. Write what you want them to experience and what you want them to remember. And then everything gets built around that. Today on the show, I have my friend, Taylor Hughes. Taylor has built his life around this idea of chasing wonder, which I think we can all benefit from more wonder in our lives. He's a magician, author, speaker, entertainer, and coach. Somehow his parents gave him a magic kit when he was seven years old, and he has turned it into his career. You're especially going to love this episode if you feel like you have a book inside you somewhere and you're you're curious about the self-publishing route of publishing a book, or you are interested in public speaking. He has so much expertise in this area and shared some of his tips with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Let's dive right in. Welcome, Taylor. I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast today. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, I'm excited. We have this weird first interaction which was in a I, hallway yep in a hallway <laughs> I know I was gonna I was gonna tell our audience about that so let's do tell it, the story so Taylor and I met because we were both speaking at the mops international conference in Nashville yeah and Bob Goff was also speaking at this conference and so I had just been like oh Bob's gonna be there that's so fun like stalking him on Instagram like what's right. Bob been up to you know and so I had seen like Bob Goff is on tour like Bob Goff and friends with Maria his wife and Taylor Hughes and Megan Tibbetts and like these people right so I had just seen that like an hour before I ran into Taylor so I'm <laughs> in the hallway Taylor walks past me and my brain is like who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Is it Alec Baldwin? No, it's not Alec no. Baldwin. Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> and then I was like, hey, aren't you, aren't you Bob Goff's friend? <laughs> and I think you were like on the phone with your daughter and you were like, hang on one second. Yeah, that's me. So anyway, we, we connected that way. But then the funny part was I like found you on Instagram, friended you on Instagram. And then yeah. I like sent you this message because I'm like, I'm sure you get this, like, are you Bob Goff's friend all the time? <laughs> and I was like, I know you're probably so much more than Bob Goff's friend. So I'm sorry that I <laughs> didn't know your name. <laughs> Look, first of all, I don't expect anyone to know anything about me. And second of all, you know, being known as Bob Goff's friend is like the biggest badge of honor yeah, I can I carry. Know, so. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I snagged his book, which was fun. And so yeah, that was the first time we connected. Well, beyond that, will you tell our listeners a little bit about you? Yeah. So my name is Taylor Hughes. <laughs> I, I'm born and raised in Southern California, married my high school sweetheart. We've been together since we were 15 and 16. We've yeah. got two amazing daughters that are now 13 and 16, which is insanity at our house. So crazy. 
And when I'm not hanging out with them, I travel around the country. I speak and I'm a performer. So I do a lot of storytelling. Some of it's yeah. comedy, some of it's magic, but it's always just trying to connect people to this idea of wonder and what else might be out there for you in your life if we are just present and engaged. So that's that's what I try to spend my time doing. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, I feel like you're one of those people that has this really clear, like, just like you said, it's like you have this clear mission and it's all like wrapped in a bow and so well thought out. How did you decide on this word and passion of wonder? Like, where did you, where did you come up with that? Yeah. Well, I fell in love with magic tricks when I was a little kid, like seven Mm -hmm. years old. I think like most people, you know, everybody at some point got a magic trick or had a magician (laughs) at their birthday party. Yeah. And I just became obsessed with it. There was just something about this. You know, when I was real little, I thought I wanted to grow up and work in the movies, do special effects. Mm, So I was always studying like movies and films and seeing how did they make that building that wasn't real look real, you know? And And then I saw a magic show and I was like, this is the same thing, but the guy's like, there's no rendering. There's no editing. Like he's just doing it right here. Yeah. And so... I fell in love with magic and I started doing shows when I was real little. I mean, yeah. God bless anybody who watched them. It was rough. <laughs> it's real rough. And I just never stopped. And over the years, you know, when the tricks didn't work, comedy worked itself into the show. And then yeah. my wife was the one who probably maybe six or seven years ago was like, you're always telling stories. Like you're a storyteller, but you never tell stories on stage. Cause on stage, uh, I would just do my magic and my jokes. Yeah. And, um, and so that totally transformed everything I do. And now I don't ever go like, what trick do I want to do? I just go like, what story do I want to share? Uh, that's so powerful. That I mean, I just feel like as, I mean, you know, I'm like into the paleo diet. I just like yeah. always think back to like, our ancestors and like we were all just like sitting around a fire yeah telling stories of our ancestors and we're just storytellers you know at the end of the day we're just storytellers yeah so that makes a lot of sense okay well since we talked about bob goff i never asked you how did you meet bob goff and how did that friendship develop Yeah. So when I was, so in a past life, uh, I know you can't (laughs) guess by everything about me, but I used to be a youth pastor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I was, you know, working on staff at this church and it was one of those things where I just always like said yes to whatever opportunities Mm -hmm. came up, you know, yeah, I'll help. And before I knew it, I was like a pastor, um, (laughs) which was never the plan. (laughs) Sure. But I'm leading this college group of guys and we're supposed to go through a book study. And so mm-hmm. this new book, Love Does, came out. This must have mm-hmm. been like 2012. Right. Like yeah. That, 20, 2011, 2012. And I'm going through this book and I'm reading it and I'm just like, I'm like almost annoyed. I'm like, what is it about this guy? Seriously. And I, you know, I went, oh my goodness, this guy is you know, all the things that we talk about, wouldn't it be cool if we lived this way? Yeah. He just, he just does without any of the talk. Yes. And, and so it wrecked me. That book wrecked me in the most glorious way. And, you know, I ended up resigning my position there and diving into, you know, join the circus, (laughs) you know, love just wrecked uh, me. So I left the church and joined the circus. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean, for me, it was, it was one of those things where like, I was a, I don't know. Do we talk about religion on this sure. show? Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> totally. I was, I was, uh, I was a professional Christian mm. and I was so busy doing the work of like being a professional 
preacher right. guy. Yes. That I, I didn't know any of my neighbors. Like mm. I never had time. I was never at any family gatherings or barbecues right. or community events because I was always the guy trying to get people to go to the other thing. And I just said, you know what? I want to try to live life this way. Mm. And through that, we were like, okay, what are we going to do? We got to pay the bills. So I started doing magic shows again. Yeah. I'd done that my whole life, you know, and started doing magic shows and ended up getting booked at a conference to MC the conference. And that night, Bob Goff was speaking. And I was like, oh, this is the dude. And, you He's know what I mean? the dude. Yeah. Yep. And I am like, you know, I am, I do not have any sort of celebrity like right. you know, crushes. <laughs> Except Bob. <laughs> Except Bob. You know, like at the time, I was like, like I worked with a lot of people and never get frazzled about it. Sure. And, so, and but, but some about Bob, I literally at one point told him, like, we we're having a great conversation. I was like, buddy, I don't really, I gotta be honest, and this has, I shouldn't put this on you, but I don't want to get to know you better because I really like the level of. <laughs> I like you know, what I think about you right now. Yeah there's, that, yeah, there's that whole thing of like, don't meet your heroes. Yes. And, and Bob just blew that out of the water. Like Aww. he was just like, hey, man, I'll probably disappoint you at some point. Do whatever you got to do. And man, I'm telling you, like we we just over the next six months ended up without even knowing being scheduled at the same place. So I would be performing or emceeing. No yeah, and he was there and too. Bob would be speaking. And he would show up and like just roll up to me. Like after we had talked in like, you know, three months and he just yeah. pick up right where we left off. Yeah. Oh, and, he's um, so great. Yeah. So then we just started doing stuff together. He's the yeah. Best. He's the best. He really is the best. Okay. So your pathway, what did you do before being a youth pastor? Because it was youth pastor to magician. But what was yeah. it before that? It was magician. Okay, so magician. <laughs> yeah, youth so I, pastor. Yeah. So, I mean, I started doing magic shows when I was like 10 years old. Did that. <laughs> you know, like all the time, like I just, any chance I got, you know? And so I was doing magic shows, like kids' birthday parties and I would book myself. I I cringe thinking about this. I would book myself. Like I'd get a call because they just think, see, oh, someone's a magician. They just call. They don't know that it's like a 16 year old. 10 year old. Yeah, totally. I book myself to do these like corporate events. And then I'd show up at like a Christmas party and I'm like 16 years old, like doing my little act. (laughs) But did they love it? I mean, yeah. I mean, if they did it, they didn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So I did that. I started the youth ministry thing when I was 19. Oh, damn. Right out of high school. Yeah. Um, It's like the only job you can have where you're literally like six months older than the people you're working with. Yes. How did we think this was a good idea? (laughs) Like I was just in the youth group six months ago. Oh my gosh. That's so great. Well, you filmed (laughs) your comedy magic special, Chasing Wonder, in... uh, 2020, right? Like, wasn't it January of 2020? Yeah, Yeah, January. I think it was January 7th of 2020. Yeah, not knowing... What would come? Okay, so what crazy timing was that? Um, Well, I want to know. I mean, your job was entirely based on large in-person events. (laughs) So how was... Everything that's really good for COVID is what makes a really good show. Like, let's pack people in a room, yeah. have them all yelling and you know spewing yeah. particles out of their mouth, low totally. ceilings, no filtration. <laughs> yes, <you know? laughs> absolutely. So how was the pandemic for you? And how did you make ends meet? How did you yeah. survive it? And what was it like for you? And how did you have to shift? I mean, I... I am very conscious as we have this conversation to realize that anything I complain about is minute. Sure. You know, like we had lots of friends that 
did not do well through it financially. Sure. We had some friends that yeah. didn't make it through, you know, yeah. health wise. And right. so all that said, like, I'm grateful for where we're at today. Yeah. Amen. And as far as like a shift from a business standpoint, we just had to, I mean, you just learned to pivot. And I mm-hmm. think, I think entertainers have had to do this anyway. Like we're, you know, entertainers are like, um, like realtors, like you you may have like three months where you work really hard and didn't make any money. And then you might have one month where you like make more money than you've ever seen. And it's just, you, you learn kind of this ups and downs and ebbs and flows, you know? So luckily I was doing a podcast back then. And so we had built this studio out of a little tough shed in my backyard. And so luckily I like, I already had 90% of the equipment I needed to start doing virtual so you're already set up for success. Yeah. Yeah. We had a client that I was booked to do a conference for and they had mentioned, you know, we're thinking about maybe doing an online meeting. Like, you know, people weren't even really calling them virtual then. Yeah. And so, uh, and so I was like, yeah, I'm set up. I can do that. And I just like went crazy into like making the experience the best that I could. Yeah. Yeah. It's obviously not like being with people in person, but, you know, you realize there's things you can do in this environment that you can't do in other ways, Mm. you know? So we would get real creative. We would mail stuff ahead of time to people's houses so that like when I made something vanish, it was like in a box that they already had. Like, you know, you just get creative of like, how can we take this negative, negative situation and just bring people a little encouragement? I feel like I'm going a thousand miles an hour right now. No, you're not. Are you stressed? <laughs> Your heart's no, beating fast. I'm so, I'm so excited. Like, I'm just so excited. I'm, I just feel like, you know, from the moment we met in the hallway yeah. and then our little connections back and forth, I just yeah. feel like, let's go. Let's do let's all the do things. this, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor, are you an Enneagram 7? Have we talked about yeah, this? No, we haven't, but I definitely am. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Bob Goff, me, you. Yeah. And what is your wife? I'm curious. My wife is a six. Oh, I love that. Yeah, My best so friend is a six. She, yeah, she keeps us alive, basically. Oh. Oh my gosh. I know. Same. My husband's a nine and sweet Maria's a nine. And I love the seven, nine combo. And I also love that seven, six combo. I feel like it's a good one, but you being so excited made me think of that. (laughs) I'm like, you've got to be an Enneagram seven. (laughs) Well, it's funny. The last couple of days we've been doing house projects and we helped some friends move. So Mm -hmm. I haven't been in my like creative zone. (laughs) So we sat down and I'm like, yay, let's do this. Let's talk about fun stuff. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you do all the things, Taylor. You have a podcast that you just mentioned. You're a magician and an entertainer and a coach and an author and all these things. So how did you decide, like, my next step is to write a book? Because Road to Wonder came out in September of 2021. How did you even decide to do that? How did you know that was your next step? Yeah. So I've talked about writing a book for years. I think, Mm -hmm. I think so many of us do that. I think your listeners right now are probably going like, Oh yeah, we're going to have, you know, cause like, I remember being a person who felt like I had a book inside me. Right. Anytime someone would bring it up, I'd be like, Oh, I really should be doing that. You know? (laughs) I know. I know. And, and so the only thing that makes it happen is you got to sit down and do the writing. And so when the pandemic hit, we made this switch to do virtual But even with that, you know, most of my time was spent traveling to and from events. So even if I had the same amount of events happening virtually, you know, I literally would do the event and 10 seconds later, I'm in the house. 
Yeah, you know? that's true. So you got so, a lot of time back. So I had a lot of extra time. And I don't know. I think this is an Enneagram 7 thing. I don't do good with a lot of extra time. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, Same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. uh, some people are probably like, oh, you have a week off. That's great. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I know. Same. So I overschedule everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not probably the healthiest thing. But, <laughs> but my wife was the one. She's just amazing. And she's like, yeah. look, you have talked about this and you've always said you don't have enough time. And right now you're complaining that you have too much time. So I literally went to my little tough shed every morning from my rule was nine to noon. I sit down in the chair and I write. Yeah. If I, if I write 1500 words, I can get out of the chair early. Yeah. That's it. 1500 words a day. Or I got to sit in that chair and if I only write five words, that's fine as long as I stay there the whole time. And, yeah. And so that's how it happened. So, with, you, you know, did in like it. six weeks, I had my first draft done. Which is crazy. Okay. And it's I nuts. also want to bring up because when we met at the MOPS conference and I just, you know, your book had not come out yet and I pre-ordered it on Amazon, stoked about it. And then only when we were chatting at that conference did I realize that you had self-published this book. And <laughs> I feel like you're a testament to not only can you do this, like that's a possibility, but also like had we not had that conversation, I would never have known. Like mm -hmm. it looks so good. It read so well. I mean, I was so impressed by oh, it. Oh, thank you. Which I don't feel like... I would be able to pull something off to that magnitude and no, scale, you, you know, you totally <clears throat> and would. so, but I feel like that's an encouragement to people, like the people who are listening, who are like, I do have a book in me. I want you to just talk about self-publishing and like, how did you decide to go that route? And like, would you recommend it to other people? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny when my book showed up, like when it first came, I was so you know, you get in your head about like self-publishing or even with my comedy magic special, we self-produce right. that. Yeah. And you can get in your head about like, you know, I want to have the freedom to do it myself. Sure. But I, but I don't want it to look like I glued macaroni to a plate and tried to like yes. stick it next to a work of art. <laughs> you know yeah. It's like I mean? Forky. Do you know Forky yeah. from? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Look, I made a thing. Toy Story. Yeah. All right. And so I was writing the book and I kept getting in my head, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to write a book. Nobody's asked me to write a book. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, don't, yeah, like, yeah. even if you write a book, how do you go from having like a word document on your computer to yes. having like something physical that people in your can, hands? Yeah. Totally. And I just kept, whenever that would come up, I just tell myself, just write it, just write it, just write it. Yeah. I'm, work, I'm working on a new project right now that is not a book, but it involves a lot of writing and it's right. terrifying. And I keep now, now after having done this, yeah. I can tell myself, just keep writing, right? Totally. But as far as self-publishing goes, you know, I got to this point where I was in a weird situation because I was in front of people all the time and yep. a lot of time invited to be part of other people's experiences. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a huge platform or an audience, which is what a lot of traditional publishing is looking for. They want to yep. know they want to know that you've got a huge mailing list or, you know, you've got a lot of people who are going to buy this thing when it comes out. Right. Because ultimately, nobody who's publishing stuff knows what's going to be successful. They're just hoping yep. that, you know, the author has enough of an audience. So, right. I just made the decision with, you know, thinking through it and talking to my wife and talking to Bob and just going like, you know what? And Bob was the one. He was the catalyst because he was like, look, we're going to go do this tour. Right. If you do traditional publishing, 
they're going to hope you sell 5,000 copies because then they're going to make yeah. their money back. And unless it's a runaway success, they're not going to put a lot of money behind it after that, right? So right. it's like, we're going to be in front of like 20,000 people in two weeks. Just mm. get your book done. And yeah. when he told me this, it was like eight weeks till we left. What? And my book was sitting in a Word document on my computer. <laughs> was it done? Like you had written the book. The book the book was written. It was it was okay. however, it had not we had not gone through editing. Oh wow. I had not gone through rewrites, all of yep. that. So oh, the wow. time, the timeline we're talking about here is ridiculous. Tight. And I don't recommend it to anyone. Right. And let's just give our listeners like some backstory. So, you know, Prep Cook Freeze, my cookbook, traditional yeah. publishing. I mean, it was over a year and a half. I got, let's think, I got the book deal in April of 2020, also LOL. And then <laughs> it came out December of 2021. So I mean, yeah, yeah a full over a year and a half. And so, yeah. and that was actually fast. My publisher is pretty fast. And so typically it's like two years right. from signed to it is on people's doorstep. So eight yeah. weeks is like insanity. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts, but it's doable. Yeah, you and did I, it. Well, I clearly you did while it. I, while I wouldn't recommend anyone go like, okay, I got a thing eight for, weeks from now. I'm going to try. I, don't, I would not recommend you try to do it. Right. But I'm just sharing like that. If you can do it that fast, you can definitely do it over a six month period. Oh yeah, totally. So one of the courses that we're going to be releasing here soon is about self-publishing and basically oh, this is exactly what I did. Oh, from, nice. You know, finding a cover designer to a copy editor to. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you that yeah. too. Like, how did you find all the people that you needed? <laughs> I, uh, again, so through Bob, I met a friend, yeah. Kim Stewart, who is yeah. brilliant. She does retreats um, with him, right? Yeah. She's, okay, a, yeah. she's amazing. She's an author. She's written like eight novels. She's oh, just, dang. And she's so funny. She, <laughs> it's great. I got a call from. <laughs> I got a call from someone who was like, we're doing a women's conference and we need, we're looking for a, a female comedian. And I was immediately like, Kim's the funniest person I know, but she's not a comedian. Yeah. So I, so I totally got them to book her. Stop. <laughs> no way. Did she know they were looking for a comedian? Yeah. I was like, I called her up afterward. I was like, okay, someone's going to call you. I told them you're not a comedian. I just told them you're the funniest speaker that I know. That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that great? Um, but yeah, she she was the one. She had been through the process, traditional publishing process yeah. so many times. She had a lot of contacts as far as like copy. Oh, editing. nice. Yeah. Oh, that's and, good. Um, yeah. But <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So so you wrote it. How long did it take you to write the whole thing? I wrote um, I would say to, to the point where I was like, OK, these are these are 90 percent of the words that are going to be mm. in the book. Yeah. It's like two and a half months. Yeah, but it, but that's again, crazy. It, it, it is. But again, this was a crazy time when I could afford to be like three hours right. a day. I'm just going to sit yeah. down and write, you know? That's true. And I mean, I, I will say too, like, especially for like Enneagram sevens like us, I do think like I thrive on deadlines. Yeah. So like oh, yeah. I have to, like my literary agent actually just had a baby, uh -huh. but she had her baby, she had her baby like two weeks early. But in my mind, I was like, I've got to get my book proposal done for book number two before she pops out this baby and goes on maternity leave. Right. And then she went early. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still working on it. But like I thrive on deadlines. And so yeah. I think one of the benefits of traditional publishing is that it is very like 
rigid and regimented and like, you've got to have all the recipes down by this point or all the words down by this point. So that was helpful. But I feel like if I ever self-published, I would just impose those on myself. Like, I feel like I would have to, or like you said, like you had this event and it's like, we've got to have them ready. Like, otherwise I think it's too arbitrary. I think it's like, I have this book, I'm going to write it. And you just don't, you know? that's a philosophy that I have, I feel like it's so a part of my bones now, you mm. know, because being a, an entrepreneur, being a performer, you know, like yeah. everything from getting the gig to get an opportunity to speak or perform or right. preparing material or creating a project like the, like the comedy magic special, right? none of that stuff happens unless you just put a date on the calendar. I know. I mean, it's I, so true. I talk about this a little bit in the book, so mm, I, won't, yeah. I won't go crazy on it. But my friend Vance, he was like the reason my comedy magic. I mean, I've been talking about doing this special. You know, when no one's asking you to do something, the right. only way it's going to happen is if you do it. And so right. I was telling him this story about how I've got this big dream and I want to do this thing. And yep. and and he was like, you told me the same exact story last year. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not joking you. He took out his phone and he went, when is your next free week? Like, when do you have time coming up? And I looked and this was August. This was August of 2019. Right. And he, and I said, well, January, the first week of January of 2020, I don't have much going on. And he goes, hold on. And he literally went and bought a plane ticket on his phone. And he goes, to help com- you do it. He's like, I'm coming to town. I'm going to be in town the entire week of January to do nothing but help you do this. So you've got to do it. So good. And then I was like, okay, I guess um, I should find a venue. Yeah. So then I found totally. a venue. And then it was like, like, you know, you just start going through the steps. But yes. if it wasn't that initial, like committing to the fact that this thing will exist, like yep. if you just commit to that thing that you you always wanted to do but haven't done, if you just commit to that thing being a done deal, yes. then you just work backwards and go, well, what do you have to do to do that? I yes. don't know. One right step after the other. That's so good. But I mean, yeah. I think the important thing too to take away from that is you had Vance in yeah. place already, right? Yeah. Like, so you had people in your life that yeah. are willing to say, Hey Taylor, I'm going to call you out on that. You want to do it. You haven't yeah. done it. Let's make sure it happens. I mean, I feel like same thing with this podcast. My friend Kate was like, Hey, when's your podcast coming out? Right. <laughs> and I right. was like, like Oh yeah. I was like my podcast. And she's like, you've been talking about having a podcast for five years. When's it coming out? Yeah. And it was like the first time that someone had like referred other than me had yeah. Referred to like your podcast, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." I guess I like really could have a podcast, you yeah. know? Like I could do that. <laughs> you need some friends who like love you enough to be a little yes. unreasonable, right? Totally, absolutely, yeah, and willing to call you out because I think, yeah. I think what happens with me is like I have this huge dream, like I go run and write a cookbook, or I want to yeah. have a podcast, or write a book, or whatever, and if there's enough speed bumps. Yeah. then it's like, it's not going to happen. You know, uh-huh. like I, I can go through a lot of speed bumps, but then there's like some big speed bumps or like question marks or like things that I don't understand. Like with yeah. self-publishing, there's just so many questions of like, who do I call for this? Like, where do I get this? That if there's right. enough, I feel like we just shut down. It's like, yeah. there, it's just too much to like Google and, <laughs> and right. figure out. And so I feel like we need 
the people to say, you've got to do this. And once you commit to it, then you just work backwards. And it's just one thing at a time, you know, and then you've got to figure it out. You don't have the choice. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when we had our first daughter and, you know, my wife is like ready to pop pregnant, like, and and so ready to like have our baby home with us. And like that moment. But then there was also that moment of like, oh my gosh, I have to go through this incredibly challenging physical thing to have this baby. And Katie Katie looked at me one day, like when we're getting close and she's like, I have to like, not like, like just realize it. Like she just realized like, this is the point of no return. Like there's no option here. Right. And I think, I think when you're, you know, not to equate the miracle of (laughs) birth with like, you know, a silly project, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's inevitable. (laughs) <laughs> but it's that thing. It's like you are bringing something into the world that does not exist. Yep. And so you have to commit that like there's a due date and there's going to be some pain along the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you go like, yeah, I'm going to have this thing exist. Then it's like, well, you've got to go through the process. You just <laughs> you gotta have figure to do it, it out. No, that's so good. I think we get so scared of the first steps that it can be hard to start. So right. I think that's a great tip. Well, since you are a fantastic public speaker, I can attest myself and you do magic and storytelling and entertainment and all these things. I want you to tell us about like you're launching all these courses. You just launched your first course on public speaking. I would love to hear a little bit about it. Absolutely. Thank you. I, um, yeah. It's funny. I always, I always hesitate to like to put out anything that like positions you as like a look at me do the thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it feels weird. It's like you are an expert, but you don't want to get up there and be like, I'm an expert. You know? Right. Well, and then <laughs> yes. I always, you know, I always wrestled with like, if you're doing such a good job of this, why are you spending time like? <laughs> Making a thing to tell it like, you know, that's the stuff I think about. Yeah. And and for me, what I realized is I and again from my amazing wife, she's like, you know, you have a lot of the same conversations over and over with people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like we have literally had this conversation. Yeah. I mean, you know, when someone sees that you're doing something and you've got friends that you make along the way and on the road and like they want to know and you want to help them and give that information. And it just got to a certain point where I was like, I want to be available to people, but I want when I can have conversations with them to go deeper and to have like a Mm. bigger impact. If I'm having the same conversation over and over, why don't I just encapsulate everything I know about this topic Yeah, and put it out there and make it available. That way, anybody who wants it can have it. Yeah. And then if you want to go deeper, like talk more, let's do that. But that way it's not like every day I'm like, okay, so first step you're going to want to do is this. Yeah, totally. Yes. And I mean, I think that's why courses are so great because it's perfect for people like you who are like, I have this one-on-one model that I do over and over and over again, might as well do it once. And I really feel like it's just maximizing your impact, you know? Yeah, that's the hope with all of it. So so the first course, we've filmed four of them. The first course that is released now is a public speaking course. Yeah. And I just realized that the thing that I love doing is like the number one fear of most people. Like this whole idea of, right? You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. 
and I realized that I didn't always, you know, I was always excited about it, but, I, but the nerves were like aggressive early on. Really? And like, yeah, like the stage fright or worrying about what other people are going to think or this yes. kind of stuff. Did you have that with magic and public speaking or only, only when you transitioned more into storytelling, public speaking? Yeah, I mean, with magic, there's a different element because you're like, I really hope this thing works. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. Um, but but it is different too because like you also have this really cool thing that even if you fumble over your words at the end of the day, the card yes. still floated or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? totally. Yes. So with public speaking, there is there is a little bit of vulnerability of like it's just oh, yeah. you and a microphone yep. and a bunch of chairs facing your direction. It's so true. And I realized that some people think, well, some people can do that and some people can't. And then you start to realize, well, the reason you can do it is because you've thought through certain things or you have certain Mm. rituals you do or you've worked through certain aspects of like inferiority complex and Mm. things like that. And so I wanted to create a course that wasn't just like, here's how to book a bunch of gigs. I wanted Mm. to create a course that was... Here is how to not only be comfortable in your own skin when you're Mm. up there speaking. Yeah, that's important. But how to start with the end in mind of what are you there to share? What are you Mm. there? You know, what is the message you're sharing? What is the truth you're communicating? What is the experience you're wanting people to have? And the more you can connect with that, the less any of that other personal stuff matters. Right. If I'm so focused on I've got to give this message, I'm not worried about does my hair look okay right now? Or like, is yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like all the yes. silly stuff that like can sometimes be in the forefront of our mind. And so the public speaking course is, is really like everything from the business of speaking to how do you just get up on stage and be comfortable doing that? Yeah. And, and how do you write a message? You know, if you're given a topic that is not something that's in your wheelhouse and they say, can you share on this? How do you put together a message that's going to communicate what you want to communicate in an engaging way? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I had this moment like, and it was before I spoke at Mops where I had that realization, like this is most people's biggest fear and something that makes me come alive. And so I have to pursue that. Right. Like like that that can't can't be normal. Right. (laughs) Like this has to be something that I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, for people who either like want to get into public speaking or maybe they have to for their job, do you have like a few of your favorite public speaking tips? I feel like you kind of alluded to some. Yeah. I mean, I think the first primary one, and I have talked about it a little bit here, but put all the attention on what it is that you want to communicate, Mm. right? All of the fear-based stuff is associated to you, right? To me as Mm. a person, how am I going to look? What are they going to think about me? Am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to wear the right thing? Right. And if you start with what is the purpose behind me getting up and communicating, Mm. then all of that stuff is going to kind of fade into the background. Yeah. Totally. And then I think that's also true when it comes to writing your presentation. If you really nail down my, the first thing I always do, whether I'm writing a show Mm. or I'm writing a keynote, the very first thing I do is I write my walk away sentence. When someone Mm. walks away from this experience, when they leave this gathering, what are they going to say? You know, when they call their spouse to check in, Mm -hmm. when they see their friend at work, we were at this event. We saw her speak. This is what she talked about. Hmm. Write that first. Like write what you want them to experience and what you want them to remember. And then everything gets built around that, right? That's so good. Yeah. 
So sometimes people are like, oh, I got this really cool illustration I want to share. Like, oh, I just, this connected with me. But if it doesn't tie into what you want them to walk away with, it's pointless. Mm, so sure. always start there and then build everything else around it. Oh, that's so good. Awesome. Well, I know that you are a dreamer. Yep. And you've already done so much. Like, I feel like if you could go back and tell your seven-year-old magic kit self all the things that you've done, I mean, I feel like your mind, your little seven-year-old mind would be blown. But what is next for you? Like, I want to know what's actually next. Like, what are you doing? You've mentioned yeah. the courses, but then also like, is there like this reach? If I could just wave a magic wand, this would be my next big dream kind of thing. Oh, that's, wow. That's a good one. <laughs> If you don't have one, it's fine. Uh, no. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Um, I do. Uh, yeah. So I'm working on some projects coming up that I'm really excited about and some stuff for my current show that I do mm -hmm. so that when you, know, when you come to see me live, you're not seeing the same things that yep. were on the special. Right. But the big one that is like coming, but I don't know when and I'm working on it is I'm writing a one person show that's like a play. Like a, <gasps> a storytelling show that does not have magic in it. It's just comedy and there's a through line and it's about what? stuff that I'm really passionate about. And Wait, so, when you say play, like, are you yeah. going to be like off Broadway, on Broadway, like straight up, you're going to have a play? Well, I mean, on Broadway or off Broadway is pretty bold, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, like, I'm thinking big here. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. I, you know, I used to want to do an off-Broadway show. And then I realized every show I do is off-Broadway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, but that's, yeah, that's the whole idea is that I want to write theater pieces that are fun and engaging and hilarious, but that you leave and go, I should probably call my dad. You yeah. Know? So I've got a show that I'm working on that I think is going to do that and. I I'm so and, thrilled. And I love it because it's, again, like when I did the special, I had no idea how to make a special. When I did the book, I had no idea how to self-publish right. the book. I don't know. How to, how do you put on a play? You okay, know? well, I have some pretty big time connections. So <laughs> we'll talk you. after this. All I right, do. We're going to talk, talk after the pod. That's so awesome. Okay, well, I am going to ask you the few questions that I ask everybody. So at the end of your life, when you're looking back, what will a successful life look like to you? <sighs> <laughs> That's so good. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people say this, but like, I think it comes down to family for me. Mm. You know, I've noticed with all the stuff that I get excited about and passionate about, if any one of our family members, you know, my girls or my wife, like if they're not doing great, mm. then none of the other stuff matters. Like instantly, like all this stuff right. we're talking about and I'm excited about all out the window. So it's got to be like that we just like, did everything for the family, like laid mm. it all on the line, you know, which sounds like a line from Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> laid on the line for family. This is a, this is for family. That's yeah. the next one. That's your next place. Fast and Furious Family Edition. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's good. You'd be surprised. Actually, no one has specifically ever said that before. So um, I love that. And then what is something in your life you feel like you've been specifically intentional about? So like you've done a good yeah. job of being intentional. And then what's something that like moving forward, you're going to be more intentional about or you wish you were more intentional uh. about? Wow. Okay. So I, I feel like I'm very, very good at being forward thinking and yes. what's next and letting passion kind of lead, like, mm -hmm. you know, like the stuff. Mm -hmm. 
I think the thing that I've been somewhat successful at, but really the win will be if I can just be present, like just fully present. I think one of the challenges for folks like us who are always mm-hmm. excited about the next big thing yes. is being comfortable in the moment that we're in, right? Absolutely. All the great stuff. I mean, the tagline of the Road to Wonder book is finding the extra in your ordinary. It's that Mm -hmm. all the great stuff happens when we're just present and engaged with where we're at now and not so busy looking ahead. And so for me, that's the ultimate teeter totter of like, keep pushing forward and yet being totally satisfied with what today looks like. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And I totally relate. I feel like I am so future oriented, so future. Like I'm my husband's like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll (laughs) let you book a trip six months in advance because it saves me two other trips. (laughs) (laughs) because I like, I like need something on the calendar. And so he's like, yeah, we book it far enough in advance that it takes the place of some of these other ones. Um, yeah, I'm so forward thinking, isn't it funny? And he's so financially minded. He's like, I'm saving a penny here. But I also feel like there are other personality types that kind of on the opposite of that are so focused in the past, right? Like I can't let go. I can't move on. So being in the present is such a, an impactful desire for, I feel like pretty much everybody. So that's awesome. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a delight and a treat. Where can people connect with you if they want to learn more? The special, the book, the courses, all the things. Oh my goodness. Well, all the stuff is on my website, taylorhughes.com. The courses are on a website called Learn With Taylor. And do you have like a normal promo code you use? Because we'll make one. Let's just make one. And then oh, we'll get... sure. All of you home. O-L-I-V-E-Y-O-U-W-H-O-L-E. Okay, so we'll set it up today. If people go to learnwithtaylor.com, you can go there, punch that in, and then you get a little deal. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. Thank we you. will see you next time. Yay. Thank you so much for joining us today, Taylor. You have such a contagious laugh and a vivacious spirit, and it was just so fun having you on the show. You guys, please go check out all of the things that Taylor is up to. You can watch his comedy magic special, Chasing Wonder. It is so wonderful. You can find the link to that in the show notes. Also, you can find a link to his book, Road to Wonder. I told him it reminds me of Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, which is an international bestseller, I think. (laughs) It's such a fun storytelling type book where Taylor tells us how he has found wonder in his life. Also, be sure to check out his courses. We will link that in the show notes and you can use the code all of you whole to save on those courses. I am so thankful for the reminder to chase wonder today. So let's go chase wonder in our own lives. I'll see you guys next week. 